No, I, I haven't had a day off in several. In she had, she had, she had I drill feel, this weekend. I, I and, feel for your wife, but yeah. she's being kind of judgy. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kersher and Wendy Bowlesby. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I'm Melissa. No, you're not. <laughs> Holy shit, Cam. <laughs> let's try that again. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, bitches. No, let's try it again. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. We've been drinking with Romeo Azar for the last couple hours. I'm Wendy. <laughs> I'm also windy. <laughs> we are all windy tonight. <laughs> that is a frightening prospect. Actually, let's Romeo go for it. did fart. Earlier. I made it very, very windy, windy earlier. Hey, are you saying my name is a fart? No, not no, no, you, no, no. and I'm, not I'm, your name. You're sweet. This, this happened before you came in, so thankfully we were. You were lucky. The room. Okay, so okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm windy. That's Melissa, Melissa. and that's Romeo. And we are still joined by our viewing audience. <laughs> Courtney! Yay! Courtney! My beautiful wife! Yay! Our, right. our live in-studio audience, Courtney, is okay. amazing. And she now, she refills our booze. It's and amazing. she's super sexy. She is kind of hot. She is, she is very totally hot. hot. Yeah. I've seen her in a wedding dress. Mm. And out of I've it. seen her out of it as well. Now, we don't... We don't actually air these in any order that makes sense, but so. if you caught a different Romeo episode, we're still drinking the Stark Raving Malbec. Did yeah. we finish it? What? No. No, 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 okay, no. There's I might still, need there's, more. There's, there, it's, it's, no, it's no, half. We're, it's, it's at half. Here. We're, okay, we're refilling. Refi- glug, glug, glug. Honey, would you Here, like a on. glass? Would you like some, Courtney? Dear I'm studio Courtney. audience. Okay. I'm still Am drinking still Crispin. Thriving? Yes. Okay, Romeo's drinking oh. Crispin cider, which is an excellent cider, says Wendy, who hates beer but loves cider. Crispin's mm. the shit. That said, I am totally drinking the Stark Raving Malbec. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. I like it a lot. It is much yep. better than that crappy Shiraz cap. And yeah. literally, the label does not look like Tony Stark's dad from the movies. It looks like a steampunk Tony Stark yeah, dad. Yeah, dad. He kind of looks like Edward Scissorhands. Mm. So we invited Romeo here to talk about movies because Romeo <laughs> has, has opinions. opinions. I do not. I, I'm only. Of, I'm the most unopinionated person. You keep <laughs> saying that, but the, I have no opinions. I, I am hearing all the syllables drop on the floor. They are bouncing around. But. I decided, because we were talking about, well, what do we want to talk about with Romeo? And we said Bond films, which mm-hmm. may or may not have aired at this point. Well, yeah. And then Romeo's yeah. like, oh, let's talk about early Spielberg films. But we've kind of already covered E.T., right? We've talked about that shit. Yeah. And then I thought about 
Wait, what is... I want to talk about shit that Romeo has opinions on. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know what I need to talk about? Superman movies. Superman. 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 To this day, and and I can say this wholeheartedly... Superman the movie is still my favorite superhero movie. Okay, hold up. Okay, I'm going to take a picture right now of Romeo (laughs) with his iPhone case. Hold on. Should I I photobomb him? Yeah, you're totally going to photobomb. If my phone ever works. We're photobombing. I'm burping. My tongue is getting a cramp. Well, wait. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Should I lick my glass, too? uh, That's going on the website. Right. Oh, so, boy. So, Romeo well, has... Well, they're my professional career. As you will see in, in the picture, Romeo's iPhone case is totally a Superman, Superman. Yep. iPhone case, which yep. is adorable. When I was in third grade, I had my mom, after Superman the movie, uh, do my hair like Superman. You so had the go, little curl? I had the split <gasps> curl. So I could go to school. I got made fun of so bad that was the end of the spectacle. Oh! But just to show you that I still loved Superman. Okay, and as Melissa has heard, and I'm sure will have aired by now in yeah. our <laughs> movies that scarred us as children podcast. Yes, <laughs> Superman four. No, <laughs> well. Kind of. Invasion but... of the Body Snatchers yeah. came out the same year as Superman. It did. Yep. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers was making me have nightmares. Mm-hmm. And I am so drunk. You can hear it in the way I'm talking. I apologize for so much. I apologize how drunk I am. I am just so fucked up. We're, anyway. we're approximately 10 minutes away from. Oh, I love everybody. <laughs> We love you all. I love you all so much. Anyway, so stay tuned. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I was having nightmares, Mm -hmm. but I had also seen Superman. And my mom, brilliantly, and I talk about this on that podcast, used movie logic on me that if I was scared of one movie, I could use a different movie to counteract that. She's like, well, would Superman let the aliens get you? No, because I remember like clearly waking up at 2 a.m. crying and bawling and freaking out and my mom coming to get me and holding me in the hallway of our house as Mm -hmm. I just clung to her in terror because the idea that I'm falling asleep and there's squeaky noises and the aliens are going to get me and my mom is like, would Superman let the aliens get you? Man, I wish I would have had that. I just said, there's the elephant man. No one here. Go back to bed. <laughs> Superman would never let them get you, no, Romeo. No. Because Christopher never. Reeve. Mm. Oh, my God. He it was, was so a, perfect. I loved that movie. And then I didn't watch it for a long time because, you know. We grow up. and We grow up and yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Teddy has seen that movie when she was like three. She wanted to watch it because she had a Superman book. She's like, Superman, I want to know about, more about Superman. Mm-hmm. So we showed her Superman the movie. And Chris and I are watching this. Christopher Reeve is brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God, he yeah. is. He's beautiful. Yeah. He And he's charismatic. And he's so fucking charming. And then funny as hell... The way he puts on Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Well, he invented Clark Kent. I mean, you really yeah. think about, like, he's the one that came up with the bumbling, fumbling Clark Kent. It wasn't anybody before that. It wasn't really in the comics. It was and him. And it's all his physical capabilities yeah. as an actor, which, knowing that he's now in a wheelchair, just makes it. Well, knowing he's now dead. He's dead. Now dead. Oh. 
That's even worse. I don't want to know that. You know what's creepy? Wendy's in denial. I am he so in denial. He yeah, died for the a same. Man who is so brilliantly physical? Well, yeah. Right. He portrayed both Clark Kent and Superman without any kind of special mm-hmm. effects, just in how he carried himself. Well, there's this well, wonderful screen test which you can probably find on YouTube if you Google for it, where it's Christopher Reeve doing the scene where a scene where he reveals himself to be Superman to Lois. That's actually in Superman. To the Richard Donner. Cut. Yeah, but they I actually think, had to but, use that scene in yeah, it. Yeah, but it, but it, it was He's originally. A, it, it's a, a test. Screen test. Yeah, it's yeah. a screen test. But since they did, couldn't go back and film anything, they had to put the screen test in because they're yeah, like, we I've don't, seen the Richard yeah. Donner cut, which yeah. made so much sense. Oh yeah. You know? But anyway, that that scene is this beautiful display of what Christopher Reeve can do yeah. because he starts out acting as Clark Kent with all the the hunching and the and the mannerisms yeah. and, the, and, the, and, and the nasal voice and yeah. he has a moment where he's going to reveal and he he just changes his posture a little bit well, he does Superman. He does that in Superman the movie, like after the whole when he flies yeah, Lois around, line. and then he drops her off, and then he's knocking on the doors. Clark Kent, mm-hmm. and she goes off, and he literally takes the glasses off and starts to smile. And, he's, as soon as, and his voice as drops. The, yeah. like, as the glasses come off, you see him start to straighten up, and his voice yep. deepens, and he goes, "Lois." Yeah. And she's like, "What?" And he's like. And when she's come stumbling out, she he puts a bandage like I I I you know he gets back into the hunch and yeah oh, oh it's gorgeous but yeah I had forgotten how beautiful I mean he's beautiful oh yeah his he eyes was, he and... was literally the Hugh Jackman of that era well, he yeah. could stand literally. there and all he had to do was the scene on her terrace where she's interviewing him he's just standing there and smiling at her and you're like. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. I cannot, I cannot deal with how gorgeous <laughs> and fantastic you are. And look at that cod piece. It, no, it, no, it wasn't okay. even that. It's, it wasn't even that. No, it's his smile. It's his eyes and his mouth, the dimples. He has and, and oh the jaw and the, yeah. the whole thing. Well, he he uh, literally what I loved about Christopher Reeve is when he they said you will him. believe a man could fly. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, because think about it, he humanized Superman. It was mm-hmm. not only he wasn't just a superhero; he was a man that could fly and do all these other things. But he still was a man. He was a man. Yeah, and he would, and he had all the faults. I mean, I remember... Well, and as, he, he was devastated by his father's death. He was... He was devastated by Lois's death. And in that scene, just of him, like, breaking out in tears and just flying... That's what he, by his... that Right before he flies around and circles the world and makes a turn back or, you know, backwards, that would be so silly if you didn't have that first scene with him bawling over Lois. And, and starting to scream in rage and anger and hurt. And for and all like, the ridiculousness boom. of the idea, I have never had a problem Either with Either have I, team. because yeah. it's his emotions that goes because through Because Christopher yeah. Reeve delivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one, like, he, in the making of, like, what's great is, like, Donner even says, like, when the, when you first see Superman in, in, in the Fortress of Solitude, when you come back from that, and it's been 18 years with Marlon Brando, and all of a sudden it's him, he's the one that decided to bank. So he's just on a strings being thrown through the camera and he used to hang glide so he banked himself around the camera <laughs> and when he did that Donner's like cut oh my fucking god we did it we did it. it's him he knows how to fly you know? and it's just like that is it if Superman the movie 
would have been made exactly today with the same technology today. You know, and it's Christopher Reeve today. He would have had the same Star Trek as Hugh Jackman. Because he wasn't interested in doing action movies. He did Monsignor. He did Somewhere in Time. He did he, yeah. Death Trap. Death Trap, which is an Death amazing trap. movie. I Death love Trap! Death Trap! <laughs> he, he, he didn't want to do action movies. He's like, okay, I'll do Superman. That's my gag, but I want that's my gateway into doing these other movies that oh. I really want to do. And that's the same as Hugh Hang Jackman. On. Noise is off. Noise is off, baby! Yeah, baby! Yeah. Okay, something for a pleasure dome. Noises off. Go find noises off. Okay, I brief aside because it has Christopher Reeve and John Ritter oh. and Julie Haggerty. Yes. Okay. And Carol Burnett. Does anybody and remember Burnett. that song? Oh my god! Wait, 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 wait. I need to talk oh briefly okay. about. We, noises we need off. a moment. We need okay, a you, moment. I will just. We okay. Can, yeah. Okay. Stand back, Romeo. I'm standing. Noises back. off. Yes. Is one of the funniest. Mm-hmm. Plays, theatrical plays ever written. I yes. had the good fortune to do it in college. Oh, who who were you? I was Belinda. Ah. So I was the. Mm. Oh, she's not that great in the film. Uh, what's yeah, your yeah. toes? Red haired. Uh, Annette O'Toole. Uh, no. Shit. The from Taxi. Oh, Carol, um, Carol. no, 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 it's, it wasn't uh, Carol. She's also in uh, Johnny Dangerously. Um, yeah, she's but, not but anyway. anyway just, it's hot, one though. of the funniest plays ever written. That was the first play I ever performed that I was like. I can understand how an actor could do this play for a year because I can't get enough of performing this play. This is so yeah. much fun. The movie suffers from all of the problems a movie has when you take a great play and you try to turn it into a film. Yeah. That said, it it's is still not, a funny movie. It's not nearly as funny as the play. But considering that the play is one of the funniest things ever written, the movie is brilliant and it has a great cast. And you totally need to see noises off. Oh, Chris, Christopher Reeve and John Ritter and Julie and, Hardy, and uh, Michael Howard, Caine, Howard Hasman. Oh right? my God! Oh my God! And Michael Caine. Yes, Michael Caine. What the fuck is going on here? Because we did it at a Catholic college. I went to a Catholic college, so the brilliant line when shit starts to get real <laughs> in the third. No, in the second act, <laughs> and the director comes backstage and says, "What the fuck is going on?" We had to change that line. Shut up! You're judging me. No, I'm asking for a cider from. Okay. Life. Anyway, we had to change the line more, because more we could not say "fuck" at a Catholic college, so we yeah. said, "What the hell is going on here?" And then the year that we did "Noises Off" was the year the movie came out. So all of us from the cast in my college went to see it together and oh. when Michael Caine walks in and says what the fuck is going on here we all burst into applause because <laughs> we wanted fuck not hell we wanted fuck this actually plays perfectly in with our Bond talk because Guy Hamilton director of a, many of Bond films was the first director actually signed on for Superman the movie. Oh, yeah. And he had to drop it because Marlon Brando couldn't film in Italy because he would be arrested for, I think, an American in Paris, or whatever that, the tango in Paris. Yeah. 
What was the movie he did? Tango in Paris. Tango in Paris. So with, with he, all the butter and the yeah. the anal sex. In the that. anal sex. And, and <laughs> sorry, yeah. Melissa's hand gesture there was pretty hilarious. <laughs> the butter and the anal sex hand gesture. Jesus, is something this too. episode's all about the hand gestures that nobody gets. <laughs> it's great radio. It's awesome. People. It's totally great it's awesome. radio. <laughs> and so they had to move to England. Well, Guy Hamilton couldn't direct in England because he was a tax refugee and they're like well you know oh my god noise is off i know well, i'm just saying they're like they're like well if we have to get rid of marlon brando or guy hamilton you know we're gonna get rid of guy hamilton because marlon brando stays mm, marlon yeah. brando and that's when richard donner got the flick to me richard donner even to this when you hear people talk like christopher nolan talk about batman i mean he cast it and tried to mimic, like, well, this is how Richard Donner was a success with Superman the movie. He was the first one to take a superhero movie and make it somewhat serious. They had to believe in their own world. They had would, that, what you do know? you mean, somewhat? They took it totally serious. Well, yeah, but they still had fun with it. But they, you know, but they, but it, but, but the, the humor but was it was light. In, the humor was it wasn't it was based in their own truth of this world. Like I remember, you know? even as a kid, when. He goes right before the first big Superman action sequence yeah. with the helicopter. And he's like, holy shit, I need to get into my Superman costume. And right. he sees the, the half phone, phone booth. booth. <laughs> yeah. And he just looks at it. Mm-hmm. And he keeps going. Yes. I, even as a kid, I laughed out loud. Oh, that yeah. acknowledgement was Well, that was the thing. Brilliant. Richard Donner had a sign with a cartoon Superman on it. And all it said was verisimilitude. And so everybody had to believe in the truth. And that's why when Tom Mankiewicz took the the polish of the screen, when he's about ready to fly with Lois, when Lois says to him, you know, Clark thinks you're a figment of people's imagination or you're like Peter Pan. And Superman's response is, well, Peter Pan was for fairy, is a fairy tale that made for kids. That's not this. And that was to say, believe in this truth of this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, of this Superman. And and that's what they did. They brought belief into it. You know, and, and, well, there's and it's a... so weird. DC got it so right <laughs> you know, with that. And until Iron Man 3, there really wasn't a good third superhero movie. Yeah. Well, and... well it, it, it's, it's hard to believe today that something that earnest yeah was made in the mainstream media yeah i mean we're but we're they... so into irony and yeah and, and well just the cinematography is that, of it oh yeah everything in is gorgeous in they nailed superman yeah and they made him believable and relevant and yet now 78 78 pardon me and yet now one year how many <laughs> decades later they can't figure out how to recreate it. Well, yeah, because we don't know, we don't know how to be earnest these days. We don't know how to do that sort of. But pure... well, here, but but you have to. I, also... I, I, but, no, I mean, I, I I think I got something here in in say my it, drunken it, brain. It. I think I got something here. No, I we're we're so embroiled in this hipster attitude of enjoying things ironically that we're. We are currently in a, an American society that has a very hard time being earnest in kind of a sappy way. Yeah, but the you 70s know, were the fucking me generation, the most self-involved generation of all. But, but we managed it. But in film, but okay, so in film, when you really, when I, the way I look at this, if you look at the 70s and even part of the 80s, they were able to harken back to the 50s. 
Yeah. Yeah, you look at American Graffiti, you look at Superman the movie. Even you, Star you, Wars. Even Star Wars. You could you could go back to this time when in their mind this is when innocence was and people responded to it. Yeah. You jump to today, all right, and we're not going back to the fifties, we're trying to respond to sensory overload, you know, you can get anything you want at any given time mm-hmm. and everything is connected. You know, which you know, Man of Steel while I really liked it, I, I admit some of its faults, but I really liked it, is is for today's generation of Superman. Today's people don't want the earnest superhero. They like the Wolverine. They want the Iron Man who's wisecracking Which and is, a smart that's ass. That's the problem with Although, the DC Except universe. for Although, Captain America is the only one to go to back, say. to harken back to I, that. I was, I was going to say... But that's that, a Marvel property. Yeah, right. But, but, but I, I'm going to say that I think... I think Man of Steel was hearkening to what DC thought the public of today wanted, whereas Captain Marvel was staying true to the character. I, I think Captain America. What did, did Captain I say, Captain Marvel? Marvel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, but I am. Uh, okay. She's drunk. In, in, oh fuck, I'm drunk. But I'm also. We never record podcasts when we're drunk. <laughs> I am. Con- I. I. My defense is I am within one mile of where Captain America was first published. Anyway, yes. so Captain. That's Captain Mar- Captain Marvel, Marvel was for. Fuck. Fuck it. Start again. Okay, where, where? I'm within mile. <laughs> one mile of when Captain Marvel was first published. But we all know. But, okay, Fawcett Publishing yeah. was within my, one yes. mile of this house. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? I don't know. Okay, earnestness, 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 earnest, yes. earnest, earnest, earnest. But the problem... but, but 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 there's a there's a difference between chasing between chasing what the studio thinks the public wants, which is gritty, hard reality uh, superheroes, which are a a kind of, kind of a power fantasy. Whereas Captain America Winter Soldier taps into the earnestness with which these legends were first born. Well, and that's the thing that Captain America Winter Soldier and managed... the first Avenger. There first Avenger. Very, oh, yeah. oh I, I love yeah, the first yeah, Captain America. Earnest, right? yeah. But the thing is that Marvel has consistently been able to position their characters in a way that is both true to their characters and yet relevant to what is going on in the world today. Iron Man is both true to who he is and relevant to what's going on. Captain America is the Superman of the Marvel Universe. He's the Boy Scout. And the problem with Superman has always been that he's such a fucking Boy Scout and he's so... He's such a cutout. He's such a cardboard cutout. What do you do with him? Well, well, well but, here's the thing. The, the, the studio that made Man of Steel thought they could fix that problem by making that property more gritty. Whereas the braver choice would have been to make it at odds. See, well, I, I, here's exactly. the thing. Exactly. But, but so no. you have, wait, let me finish. Oh. Winter Soldier. Shut up, Romeo. I will shut up. You'll be next. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, you're you're next in line, honey. Winter Thank Soldier. You. What was brilliant about Winter Soldier is it is completely true to the character. In fact, the villain is true to the character, and what the character is confronting. And this was why I was so excited to see it, even just from the trailers, is 
What do you do with a character like Captain America when he's confronting the military-industrial complex and the terrorist threat of today? Mm-hmm. And this film does not shy away from that. It doesn't. It doesn't go. Oh, we'll go over here with aliens and with people from Krypton and sort of dance Krypton around it. Because Krypton doesn't exist in their universe. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, it says, "No, we're going to confront this head on, but we're going to put it in a context that works, and but we're going to leave the character true to who he." Well, is. but see, but here's the thing. We're also looking at this in the vacuum the vacuum of here's the marvel movies and and when you look and at marvel su- is kicking dc's ass well of yeah. course i get that but when you look at superman as a character on screen and i mean even tv you know there's been a lot more with smallville with superman returns there was a lot more of this here's superman and they went the earnest side with Superman Returns. Well, and that it turned, is and, true to who but, Superman but, is. But, but the thing was is that it also made it very creepy. I, I look at Man of Steel. I look at Man of Steel as this, is the first movie in a trilogy, and the second movie really flushes out. The first, this movie to me says, ah, I get why Superman will never kill now, because he has. I get why Superman's going to defend everything because now he's fallen in love and he gets he is he is chosen now. He has he was literally cho- had to choose between Krypton and Earth in this movie. That's that's his basic choice. And I get that he chose Earth. He didn't want to kill Zod. He he pleaded with him to stop and the only thing he could do to, to protect Earth at that point, was to kill Zod. And you had to give him that framework to go, I will never do that again. So to me, this movie is him learning to be that Boy Scout, not he's born the Boy Scout. But the problem is, if he's moving toward the Boy Scout, that leaves him ultimately hollow. No, no, I don't. I don't I don't think that, because I think what it does is he's still... If you look at Matt Steele, he, there's questions that he brings up. He brings up, I don't know if humanity is worth it. Yeah, he actually questions that because the Jonathan Kent in this movie is so scared of people finding out who he is. You know, they're, he's like, no, they will take you away. They will experiment on you. They will do all this nasty shit to you. Which is Which fair. is true. Yeah. Which is, He's saying this is truly what will happen to you. So it's, it's a less romanticized Glenn Ford, Jonathan Kent and Superman the movie. In the 50s, when the government was good and always just, and they will do everything good, so mm-hmm. fight for the government. This is a Superman now that is the government can be corrupt, the government can be, you know, and even in Captain America, we're seeing government is corrupt. Yeah. It'll do this. And so, my biggest complaint of Man of Steel as a movie, as a film, is that it needed to take two more minutes for at the end for him to see the devastation. Yeah. For him to go, I will never let this happen again. I am going to rebuild Metropolis. I am going to never let anything like this happen again. Now, my hope is for the second movie, though, is what they're trying to do is like, look, here's this perfect setup for Lex Luthor to be more than just a villain. He's like, no, this alien fucking destroyed our city. You know, with his other aliens. And for Batman to come around and say, yeah, (laughs) you know. Dear listeners, you might have heard in the background Melissa pouring a little more wine because yeah, 
That's what I needed. More alcohol. Yeah. Thing is that between DC and Marvel, Marvel has always had a more psychological approach to characters. Well, Mar- Marvel, Marvel always dealt with people, whereas DC built mythology. But, but you can think. That, of, yeah. Okay, I'm going to point out that our listening Osner, we no longer have words. Pointed out what? Our listening audience. I can speak English. Fuck you. <laughs> Our listening audience is like, wait, what about Batman? I'm like, the thing is that the interpretation of Batman as a fully realized psychological character didn't happen until the 80s with Frank Miller. Yeah. And until then, Batman was just as much of a Boy Scout as Except Superman. for in the early 40s when, Bat- when Batman oh. did kill. Batman. Oh. Batman. Batman. Batwan. 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 But the thing is, if you look, what's so funny though, when you. I gotta pee. So, so here's the thing when you look at DC in the 70s and 80s and, and mid 90s, they're the one leading the pack. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the one with the hit movie Batman. They're the one oh, with the hit yeah. with Superman the movie. Mm-hmm. They have all in the sequels, they have yeah. all this going for them. And then Marvel, out of left field, says blade yeah <laughs> that's the movie we're gonna start with and i mean i'm sure it wasn't like marvel said let's start with blade but it was no. that's the first movie that uh, the marvel canon goes holy shit it's r-rated and it's yeah. serious it, it blade worked and then and avi arad came on yes avi arad was very instrumental in yep. getting the marvel machine rolling Arvia Rod was the person who had the vision to make this Marvel Universe happen in film. And now Kevin Feige is the one that yeah. is the one that just has the vision for Marvel Studios. Yeah. And 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 you know, and, and at some point it's gonna falter. At some oh, yeah. point yeah. they're gonna release a movie that's totally shit. They almost did that with Iron Man two, in my opinion. Iron Man two to me is horrible. Yeah, it's it's a it's really shitty good. movie. It is it good. is a bunch of weird ideas thrown together. And and here's my thing I've always dared and people have said, Oh, I love Iron Man two. I brought chips. Oh my Great. god, no. Dear so we're gonna listeners, be crunching. If you hear crunching, it's us eating no, chips. Well, if you or when you okay i'm not saying that iron man 2 is great but i like it iron man 3 is fucking brilliant i love iron man 3 shane black Mm -hmm. shane fucking black iron man 3 is the first third superhero movie to be good think about superman 3 Uh batman forever you know, um, um, Dark Knight um, Rises. Dark Knight Rises is horrible. <laughs> what a mess! And, oh my God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises is a fucking mess. But Iron Man Three is a meditation on identity, mm-hmm. and it's brilliant. Yeah. X Men Last Stand. That's for you, Chris Jones. <laughs> X Men Last Stand is a <laughs> X Men Last Stand is mm-hmm. terrible. His magic genes that do not combust. What the fuck? <sighs> You just want to see who Jackman's cock, all right? Yeah. <laughs> well, don't we all? Well, but the point is, if Jean Grey can flay the skin off his bones, I'm pretty sure she can take the jeans off his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Dear you, listeners, it's I PG-13. Brought, I brought corn chips into the Pleasure Dome. Where the fuck did you find corn chips? Can I, I just... stole them off a of fez. 
We're Superman in this goddamn conversation. Okay, okay. okay. So, so we just set down the rustly plastic bag full of tortilla chips next to the microphone, and li- dear listeners, <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna be a little farther away <laughs> because the only way to combat being this drunk is to eat carbs. <laughs> Oh my God. This is great radio, Wendy. You have made me drunker by your mere presence. (laughs) What is about your couch, Melissa? I don't know. I have a drunk couch. Okay, but we all agree Christopher Reeve was a fucking man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he was male. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about Superman Returns. (laughs) I. This is a good subject. I like this. Okay, let's go. Here it comes. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. I liked it. I hate it. I know, that's why I wanted to talk about it. See, I'm kind of met on it. But let's all discuss. The thing is that, okay, so who plays Superman? What's his name? Brandon Routh. Routh. Okay. He has... He has the same charm as a Christopher Reeve. He's sure. got yeah, innocent quality. Yep. He's also a hell of an actor. Mm-hmm. And he he really is. He is. <laughs> I don't know about a hell of no. an actor. He was, he was good. passable. And he made me fall in love with the innocence of the character. I don't see the innocence in that movie. I do. I really do. Now, everything else about the movie is problematic, except for James Marsden. James Marsden is the best part of that movie. James Marsden is fucking awesome. Wait, wait. Are you really going to give Perry White no love? Uh, he's not the best part. James Marsden is the best part. Yeah, but Perry White is pretty awesome. He's good, but here, here's, yeah. my, here's my thing. Here's my problems with Superman Returns. A, it, it, it's Brian Singer writing a love letter to Richard Donner, Superman the movie. It is not Brian Singer's Superman movie. It is, they, they rip off everything from a lot of dialogue. They do. To the basic plot. They turn Superman into a creepy guy that stalks Lois Lane. Yep. This doesn't bother me. And and Wait. they basically turn him into I know, a, I don't understand it either, yeah, but it and, doesn't. And, and they basically turn him into a date rapist. And what I mean by that is if he... When Brian Singer said this is a pseudo-sequel to Superman 2, there is no Superman 3 in our universe, this is the Superman and, 3. And God forbid Superman right, 4. Right, but he actually said that. Mm-hmm. That... Basically, in Superman 2, Clark kisses Lois to forget that they ever were together, but now she has a super baby without the knowledge of ever fucking Superman, which is creepy as shit when you think about it. It's totally creepy. I don't know. The way I took Superman Returns is she remembers. Meh. I, I didn't t- and because I if never you took watch, that away. no, if you watch the way she treats her kid, mm. she knows what her kid is. No, mm. now she does when the kid she is like now. six years old. I'm saying when that kid was born, she had no clue who got her pregnant. And when they first start showing symptoms of being Superman, that was always the problem in Superman Two that I never bought. No. Is I'm going to kiss you and make you forget. Well, sure. So I don't I've buy always that been stupid. like bullshit and thrown it away. No. So I've always... And so to me, though, what what sucks about Superman Returns is it actually becomes a pseudo-sequel of Superman 4. 
Because no, no in Superman four, oh, Lois. Oh, now we're in Crazy Town. No, Lois <laughs> tells him, "I remember everything," with a knowing eye. Oh. That fucking sucks. So now this makes him run even worse because it's actually a pseudo sequel, Superman four, not Superman two. Lois remembers everything. No, no. Yes. No. I think- <laughs> So I was at San Diego Comic-Con the year that uh, Superman Returns was slated to come out, mm-hmm. so I got to see the whole media right. that came along with it. Huh. And my favorite moment of that entire weekend was I was in the the DC Comics booth on the San Diego Comic-Con mm-hmm. floor after all of the Superman Returns stuff had happened in the big hall mm-hmm. where they played the trailer and shit. So I was hanging out in the DC booth and I was just, you know, hanging out talking with people in the DC booth and Brian Singer walks into the DC booth. He just kind of walks in and waits. And the fan people go, whoosh! And they close in around him like a herd of buffalo converging on a central point. <laughs> and he's like the epicenter of nerd <coughs> fandom at that very point. There, there are a hundred people surrounding him, right. asking him questions and, you know, asking for... For an autograph. autographs. Autographs. And and oh shit. my god, Brian Singer. Oh my god, Brian Singer. And he's not, he doesn't have any handlers. Mm-hmm. He what? just walked in there. He just walked in and it, like he said, bring it on. And they walk, whoosh. And I'm standing there with one of the guys who's running the DC booth. And I go, How are you going to get him out of here? And he goes, Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Brandon Routh's. Clark Kent was great. But here's the thing. Again, it was Brian Singer's love letter to Richard Donner because Brandon Routh was told, you act like Christopher Reeve. And that is the one thing that about Man of Steel, it's the one thing that for once, you know, in this new era, with Superman Returns, all I kept thinking was, oh, just go back to Superman the movie. It's so much better than this. And Man of Steel didn't make me think Superman the movie because it was so different it was its own movie Hans Zimmer's score was amazing to it it wasn't John Williams and nothing ever can be because because John Williams nothing well and here's the thing all superhero movies of the modern day can anybody name me outside of Batman from 1989 a memorable superhero score it's all about John Williams and Danny Elfman yeah it is that's all it is there is and even Danny Elfman can't do Danny Elfman because he did the Hulk and he also did the first two Uh, Spider-Man movies well Danny Elfman was like a last minute call in the Hulk because they the fir- scrapped the initial score. But he did the first two Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't... I know that said. But he humble. did Darkman. Darkman. Yeah, I like... Humble. Fuck you, Darkman's awesome. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not awesome. Here's but. a touch point for, was a movie good? Do I quote it? And the thing is, with Superman Returns, there is a moment between Lois Lane and James Marsden where they're like, wait a minute. There's Clark. He's tall. He looks like him. And they look over at him and then they're like, nah. And that moment I fell in love with. I fell See, in love with and that the, and the moment I fell in love with Mass Steel is the last line of the movie. When Lois literally goes, welcome to the planet. And he says, nice to be here. 
and it just took on a whole new resonance. It's like the Daily Planet or the Planet Earth, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like it was beautifully perfect as a last line to a movie. I, Welcome to the planet. But the thing is. I walked out of Superman Returns and went, I want to own this movie. I want to watch it again. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Oh, not me. <laughs> I walked out of Man of Steel. I still haven't bought the movie. I own it, and I've watched it three times on Blu-ray. So that's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I own the Superman box set with, where Superman Returns is on it. I have watched the airplane sequence. The airplane sequence is fucking amazing. Yeah, it is, it is but that's great. it. I mean, it is... Because, li- you know what? Gimbal. Gimbal. Yeah. Gimbal. gimbal. They well, use a gimbal. Here's a... I, I just... It's a gimbal. It, it is such a boring movie. It is like, you sit here going, oh my God, is anything going to fucking happen in this movie? I don't feel that way when I watch that movie. Oh, I do. DC has mythological characters, whereas Marvel has, like, human characters. Psychological Psychological characters. characters. That's a very good way to put it. And DC doesn't know how to market its best properties right now. Which is strange when you think about a studio that brought Harry Potter to life. I know. (laughs) You know that... Marvel Studios has managed to position a talking raccoon Mm -hmm. and make people go, I'll go see it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and at, if that doesn't make the other DC, studios sit up and, and go, sits what there, the fuck? And DC sits there and go, no, we're not ready for a Wonder Woman movie. Fuck you. You know what I mean? And Marvel is putting a talking yeah. raccoon on stage and you can't figure yeah. out how to make a woman talk? Yeah. Suck my dick. Wow. <laughs> you fucking assholes. Yeah, no. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm sorry, that's just fucking offensive. Marvel can put a fucking rodent on on screen and people buy it but you can't figure out how to put a woman on screen and make her realistic suck my fucking clitoris preach <laughs> yo <laughs> well to be fair marvel or dc did try it with supergirl that <laughs> was a long time ago <laughs> that was the 80s and suck my fucking clitoris oh. i was just kidding my husband has complained that we have been bad about finishing podcasts. So, Romeo, mm-hmm. of the Superman films, mm-hmm. obviously Christopher. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, what would you put next? Superman the movie, Superman 2, Man of Steel, Superman Returns, Superman 3, Superman 4. Okay, that's an ending. I can agree with that. Come cuddle with us here on the drunken mm, Yes, we, we have invited yes. our studio audience to oh. join us tonight. Hello. It's a little wet right here. here. Yeah, I'm I blame your husband. I do, too. I was getting yeah. excited between hey. the two women. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Oh, it's getting cozy. Oh, yeah, this is nice. I'm, I'm okay at cuddling. The studio audience, you should know that we are all touching Courtney. All right, oh, so Courtney. Oh, boy. Um, Who are you? I, my name is Courtney Azar. I'm married to Romeo Azar. How's that working out for you? <laughs> oh, that's great. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I get to watch whatever geek movie that I want, whenever I want, and he doesn't bother me about it. He joins in. It's that's, true. That's pretty sweet. It's, it's pretty, pretty sweet. Nice. I like Romeo. I like you, so this works out. This yeah, does. this is good. <laughs> okay. Question number two. What do you do? 
I currently work, this is embarrassing, I currently work full-time for the Minnesota National Guard. That's not embarrassing. That's quite embarrassing. (laughs) And so not embarrassing. (laughs) And you're a paramedic. And I'm a paramedic. That is totally not embarrassing. How is that embarrassing? I can kill people and bring them back to life. That is so not embarrassing. Oh my god. Why are you embarrassed by your superhero powers? Fuck yeah. 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 This You're kind of hot. I am very hot. I'm she was, she's very... hot and a paramedic. Yes. And she's hot and you can, she could save your well, life. Well, and this is super important to me because I have drunk too much tonight and I need Courtney to make sure that I am safe. Alcohol poisoning <laughs> is a thing, people. It is. <laughs> it is. And, and it may be happening here right now. <laughs> All right. So, Courtney, you get to build your own cinema pleasure dome oh what is going to be in this pleasure dome the first thing would be a real live stargate oh brilliant so that i choice. can travel to any time anywhere any place and right next to it would be uh the police call box oh yes um, and i would throw in a dash of the millennium falcon uh <laughs> I would also. You put, have a transportation fetish. I would. Where's and the NCC 1701, baby? Clearly, I can travel to it with any of those devices. She's got a point. And at the same time, I would have Hugh Jackman there. Why? Because he's gorgeous and I want him. And he can sing. Well, it was yes. nice being married to you. Oh, oh, oh you're just I, jealous. You know what? Yes. I, I am. For for the listeners, I would like to point out that Courtney's wedding ring is a Stargate. Yes. It yeah. is true. Totally Her husband Stargate. is a geek and she is mm-hmm. a geek and the two of them are geek, geeklicious. Quite geeky. Totally geeklicious. Oh my God, that's a great choice. It I is. would totally want a Stargate in my own personal pleasure. Wouldn't it be though. awesome? Because you could go to oh, any planet, anywhere. NASA would have nothing oh, on you and do you I would have charge to... them to use it. Yeah, I... but what if the Guaul like, took me over? I'd be Dude, totally I would get SG1. I would take Richard Dean Anderson out of retirement, throw him on a treadmill. Okay. And <laughs> I, I, I love him to death. I have a Twitter account specifically just to tell him happy birthday each year. I don't do anything else on it. You know me. I'm a terrible... I'm an 80-year-old man when it comes to technology. Twitter doesn't make sense. Whoa. I twit to say happy birthday to you Richard tweet. D. Anderson. I do that, too. too. I, yeah. You are a twit. <laughs> and yes. she does tweet. Yes. All right. So, I need you... <laughs> Give me a moment. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Question number four. Last question. Oh, no. You get to make a recommendation to put in the communal pleasure dome. That's really easy, though, because there are so many wonderful geeks that listen to your podcast. I know you're listening right now. And I know that many of you know who Doctor Who is. Many of you have watched Battlestar. Many of you have watched Star Wars, Star Trek. You have missed out, my friends, because you need to watch the shit out of Stargate. None of you know what the fuck it is, and you need to figure it the fuck SG1, out. SG-1, yes, Stargate SG-1, not Stargate fucking... A- Atlantis is okay, but if you watch SGU, you're a fucking idiot. You're, you're wasting your life. I like SGU. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly why you're not a Stargate fan. And that's why Corey Courtney is a true geek because she has an opinion about the relative rankings of shit. Yes. yes. I'm saying that. I'm sorry. We really have to go. Oh, I'm an yeah. old man. 
I need to go home. <laughs> Thank you for I'll letting sing Romeo you stay out. I'll sing Courtney. the Stargate song we, for you. Oh, for sing the, the Stargate. Oh, oh sing the okay, Stargate. Here we go. Sing it, sing it, sing it. Stargate, it's a great big world. There's a great big swirl that you step through to get to another world. We're talking Stargate. It's a crazy trip. You can go quite far and you don't need a car or even a ship. With Colonel Neil, Major Carter, and Daniel and Teal. Look out for that goo 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 gold. Okay, the writers of Stargate, when all of, like, the they were getting production started, Dang, the rough. directors and everybody, the producers, they got together yeah. and they said, okay, it's been two weeks, what do you guys have? And they go, we've got this, and they sang that song. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, no one was impressed. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. that there are like four cans of booze and three bottles that are all empty. <laughs> I know. I know. This was we, Xanadu we, Cinema Pleasure, pleasure Dome. Dome. And my and stomach is Pleasure Dome. Pleasure Dome is code for alcohol. And my liver has been getting a workout. This, yep. this is like treadmill for my liver. <laughs>